No place to call home when you're lost in the city, city you've been living. What is the question? Well, there's no answer, not even now. Hi, this is Scott Donaghy, the CEO and founder of Companies for Zero Waste. Uh, we're hosting our podcast today, and we're very honored to have the Chief Strategy Officer from TC Transcontinental. Her name is Magali Dupra. Magali, so nice of you to join us today. Um, and we also have our Chairman of Companies for Zero Waste and CEO and Managing Partner of Resultant Group, Dave Gajadhar. So I'm just going to open it up to you. Companies for Zero Waste are hosting these podcasts during this time uh, to educate our audience. And we're very honored to have you. And I'm going to open up the dialogue to both of you now. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you for joining us, Miguel. And before we get into our discussion today, um, Miguel, would you mind taking a few minutes to introduce yourself to our audience and provide the background as to what you do in your role with Transcontinental? Sure, my pleasure. Thank you for having me, uh, Dave uh, and Scott. Um, so my name is Magali Depra. Uh, I am Chief Strategy Officer for TC Transcontinental. TC Transcontinental is a Canadian-based uh, family-owned um, company uh, who is one of the leaders in flexible plastics in North America. We have operations in Canada, in the United States, and also in Latin America. Uh, my role at TC Transcontinental is twofold. Uh, I overlook the, the corporate strategic planning for, for the entire organization. And um, I'm also in charge of corporate social responsibility. Uh, so I, um, I look at uh, issues including, you know, uh, uh, our commitments with uh, plastics, with uh, zero zero waste, uh, with uh, energy efficiency, and, and other uh, topics around corporate social responsibility. You know, great. Um, that's a that's a huge portfolio, and in, uh, really important today as we move forward because with the whole environmental movement and the uh, social responsibility around resource use and reuse emissions and waste mitigation. A couple of things that go forward as, a, as an organization with the, with the reach that you guys have across um, not only Canada but North America, you want to speak to as far as uh, overall mission and tell us about something around your commitments to not only to the industry but to the communities that you serve and the markets that you serve. Sure. So um, TC Transcontinental operates, as I said, as, as one of the largest um, plastics packaging manufacturers in, in, in North America. And uh, we definitely see you know, our, uh, our responsibility in, uh, in a number of fronts uh, being in the manufacturing area. Um, we have uh, a plan 2019-2020. Uh, 
21 corporate social responsibility plan. Uh, we call it our acting together. And this plan uh, articulates 11 strategic objectives around our uh, commitments uh, to our people, to uh, our uh, planet and to an, an our environment. Um, uh, so we have a number of objectives and in the area of, uh, of our activities and our products, we have very material objectives related to the circular economy of plastics, for instance, as well as to uh, uh, the energy uh, efficiency and, and the waste reduction. No, that's, that's great. I mean, one of the things that we see, uh, you know, plastics has this negative connotation and uh, I think part of the problem is that people don't understand the importance of plastic that plastic play and also the responsibility of the users of plastics and I'm speaking not just at the corporate level but all the way down to the end user they have a, we have a responsibility in how we use it and how we reuse it and that's something that I think that is lacking because the product itself as we saw during this COVID spread how important single-use plastics were to preventing the, the um, the spread of disease and controlling the pandemic. That being said, there's also emerging technologies across Canada that allows us to repurpose, reuse, and, and recycle contaminated or mixed-use plastics. And from an organization, you could you speak more to the fact that how you guys are moving, uh, moving action plan over the next couple of years to bring the... Um, the plastics use back into mainstream and not and, and take the stigma away from it because we know there's a there's a use for it there's a need for it as we transition to better products over time Yes, sure. So I'll start by saying that um, in 2019, we have been the first Canadian-based manufacturer to, um, to um, sign the Ellen MacArthur's Global Plastics Economy Commitment. And um, this commitment is really about making sure that plastics never becomes waste. So within that commitment, we have several objectives and they target a 2025 time horizon to start with. One of them is to make sure that 100% of our portfolio is either recyclable, recycled, compostable, or reusable by 2025. Uh, the other aspect of it is to include a certain percentage of recycled material into our portfolio. So we, we started with the target of 10% of, um, uh, of PCR, of post-consumer recycled plastics within our portfolio by 2025. So, uh, as we as we look at it, you know, our our sustainable approach involves uh, the management of waste to start with. Right. So, uh, in our approach, in our strategy, we we favor the the reduction at source, of course, uh, with the eco design of of packaging. We uh, favor the reuse, the recycling, the recovery, uh, and we consider waste disposal as as our as a last resort. Uh, and I, I shall mention that um, we are very aligned in our strategy and our approach with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals you probably heard of. Yeah, we are quite uh, aware of them. The, the UN goals uh, are, are now, you know, uh, globally known. You have more than 10,000 10, organizations who have joined 
UN goals. And one of those 17 goals is about uh, sustainable, it's about substantially reducing waste through prevention, through reduction, through recycling and reuse. So we are very aligned with, with that. Um, you asked what, uh, where we are at right now, what we've done right now. There are, there are several pillars. One is really to uh, aim for zero waste to landfill in our uh, operating business units. Uh, last year, we achieved 90% out of a target of 100, which is already very promising. Uh, but we have various uh, various divisions. In, in our uh, printing division, where we use uh, paper, we managed to uh, obtain a 97% uh, result in 2019. Uh, so 97% of the waste uh, generated uh, was recycled, reused, or, or recovered. Uh, so very good, uh, you know, uh, very good result there. And we, we continue on this front. On the packaging uh, area, we achieved a 78% recovery rate. And we know that there is still work to be done, especially for the multi-layer products that, that are currently non, not recyclable. And, and we know that it is one of the challenging areas where there are currently few recovery solutions for laminated plastics uh, when, when they're made of, uh, of different materials. But nevertheless, uh, so some of the waste we have from our uh, packaging operations is diverted from landfill already through, for instance, waste to energy processes. Uh, and when it's technically possible, we reuse our own extrusion uh, trims right. and we recycle them into uh, post-industrial resins that, that we then reintegrate into our product. So okay. uh, we, are, we are very involved on that front and, and uh, especially on, on, uh, on, the, on the research and development front to make sure that we... Uh, we have more and more recycled content in our portfolio and recy recyclable plastics. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I look at as we move forward, you know, is um, the whole host of, of uh, across the supply oh, chain. Oh, sorry, I think Dave's muted. Dave, you're muted. Oh, am I? Okay, so, sorry. Um, one of the things that I look at is the fact that we have to consider the role that our partners play in this whole recycling and reuse and repurposing the RO to R9 mission that we go forward with. And from a transcontinental perspective, is your partners along with your vision and supports the strategies that you guys have laid out for yourselves along with the targets? I'm sorry. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. I could not hear you well. Could you please repeat the question? No, absolutely. I was I was just wondering. I said as we move forward with the, with the role with the goal towards circularity and sustainability, and we set these targets for ourselves to move from RO to R9 with reuse, repurpose, re recycle, you know, recover, and we start moving along those lines. One of the things that we um, we have to consider is as we align our targets and set our metrics in place, how do, what's the mechanism we use to bring our vendors and partners and suppliers mm -hmm. online to, to support those strategies? Mm 
You're right. This is this is a really important point uh, because I, I do believe that uh, we won't, uh, you know, achieve and succeed in our targets on our own. So we always engage with the entire supply chain. So there are various areas where we already engaged. I'd say it starts, you know, with the with the materials that we use. Uh, for instance, the resin suppliers that we uh, purchase from when it comes to plastic, or the paper suppliers that we purchase purchase come from when it comes to to the to our print sector uh so we we definitely engage with them uh, and and some of them really share our targets of uh, of developing more and more um, materials with recycled content so there's really a lot of collaborative uh, projects going on with with our suppliers on that front then you you, uh, you go on uh, and and continue the chain with your clients with your customers and and you can observe that many brands, uh, many uh, consumer goods uh, providers or retailers have engaged also in, into the same um, ob objectives uh, with the same timelines very often, the 2025 timelines. Right. Uh, so we, we also collaborate closely in identifying you know, projects where we can work and develop new, uh, new recipes. The third pillar is definitely the, 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 research, the research and development. So uh, at TC Transcontinental, we have committed to invest 1% of the revenues of our packaging division uh, into a research and development projects. Uh, and, and obviously, you know, we need the science uh, we need the experts to develop new recipes, whether it's about uh, fully recyclable uh, products, whether it's about monolayers with the same properties as multi-layers, whether it's uh, integrating recycled content. And then you continue the chain uh, to the end of life. Right. And uh, on that front, we, we have already, uh, and I'll share with you uh, a number of, um, of details on that, we have engaged also with the uh, municipal recycling facilities to identify what, uh, what are the, the, the qualities that we could potentially get from those uh, recycling facilities that could be potentially recyc recycled and reused in, uh, in our products. So th this is also part of, of what we are currently working on. And, and last but not least, I'd say you have all the, the regulatory aspects of things, uh, engaging with governments, engaging with uh, municipalities, with cities, uh, in, uh, in making sure that um, uh, going forward, we get the support in terms of new investments, in terms of uh, subsidies in creating this circular economy. No, absolutely. One of the things that uh, comes to mind every time we uh, engage in conversation around collaboration across the supply chain, one of the questions that comes, and I'm always looking to inform our audiences about this, is that what lessons go or opportunities we could share with them as far as how we bring not only our partners uh, suppliers and logistics company to the table to help develop the metrics, but how do we also engage the regulators across jurisdictions because most companies don't operate in just one jurisdiction. So we have r issues with, that we see that as you cross borders or cross provincial boundaries or state boundaries, regulations change, compliance requirements change. 
and that's always a costly mechanism for companies to adjust to and, and meet. How or what lessons have you learned or, be, or you could share with our audience as to what approach they should take in integrating this ecosystem across the supply chain? Yeah, this is a very, very good question. Very important. As you say, there is no uh, harmonization across uh, across geographies and uh, we still face very different situations. Uh, so obviously, you know, the first thing is really to engage a dialogue and, and uh, uh, first be well informed in, into what is happening in your geographies, uh, have the contacts and, and uh, either directly or through the professional associations, you may be um, you may be active on uh, because those associations those whether they are in our case you know packaging associations or sustainable products association they very often have the dialogue already with with uh, with uh, at all levels uh, from provincial to, to state to federal governments uh, I, I'd say um, however even if there is a kind of a difference in in the situations there is a trend there is a trend uh, that is maybe uh, starting in Europe and that is then, you know, going west to our geographies right. in terms of the, the requirement, the requirement for fully recyclable materials, the, re the requirement for a, a specific content of recycled con uh, material into your product. There are lots of things we've seen recently. Uh, if I mention your know, single-use plastics, right. uh, where we've seen the European uh, legislation coming up with a, with a list of products that they would ban, uh, with a time horizon that has been fluctuating also. But uh, and, and this has then inspired some of our uh, states, uh, either in the U.S. or in the province in in Canada or at federal level in Canada. To to, uh, to consider this as well. So I think, you know, we live in a, in a very connected world with uh, global companies, global brands, global citizen movements, where there is definitely some inspiration and, and the information flows and, and, and you try to, to, uh, to learn from, from, from the experiences of other, uh, other territories. So, um, so again, to, to, su to sum it up, yes, still different situations, still some challenges, you know, when, when we discuss um, recycled plastics, there is still a, a price gap between uh, between uh, virgin resins, for instance, and recycled resins. But at the same time, you have those you have this trend going. You have this movement coming up. These uh, very uh, ambitious commitments from many players globally uh, that will take us, I believe, into uh, into a place where you may see new regulations coming up, you may see new uh, taxation subsidies coming up in favor of uh, recycled material. Right, you know, absolutely. One of the things that I see across North America as a whole, and especially in Canada, uh, you know, we have a lot of emerging technologies that could help us transition to a better reuse, repurpose, recycle um, environment. We also have what I would call jurisdictional silos of regula regulatory bodies that doesn't speak together. We also, as companies of Zero Waste and Resulting Group, what we try to do also is bring all these different moving parts and companies together so that we could have a conversation around the common outcome we all desire. 
And as we move forward, I'd like to see more of that, you know, where companies work with each other, the emerging technologies, the digital technologies, to be able to track products across the supply chain, and we know where they're going at the end of life, end of use. So even at the, you know, at the fly ash stage, based on different technologies we use for waste energy, we know where they're going and how we're moving towards. And I'd like to have more of these conversations as we go forward. And we talk about circularity, but circularity in itself, we know and we have to expect that not everything will be 100% circular as we go forward. But we also have to move in that direction and transition from the way we are today. Yes, and, and and if I've may, I may wave in there, uh, it's it's uh, interesting you mentioned these collaborations uh, with uh, with other companies, with other players towards new technologies, new system, new traceability uh, patterns. Uh, there there are uh, I we already see also a number of projects um, um, coming to life uh, that aim at increasing the 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 traceability. Uh, of creating new harmonized standards, uh, harmonized definitions of what is uh, recy recycled, and, and uh, that's going to help us. Uh, the more we, we get to that, to that, that will help us onboarding um, lots of stakeholders, including the recycling facilities, into, okay, what, what is it we process? What type of quality? What is requested? What shall we do? What shall we recycle? And uh, what is the what is the end quality we want to obtain, whether uh, it's recycled uh, mechanically or, or, chemi or chemically? Right. Uh, and I, I'll mention also a project that we've been working on in Quebec. Uh, uh, it's called the, the Circular Plastics Task Force, and this is a, a perfect example of um, of business-driven projects where TC Transcontinental has uh, cooperated together with uh, other companies, including Danone, including Curry Canada. Uh, Dynapack, uh, Cascades, uh, um, the um, the uh, CIAC uh, Association in Canada, and the, the intent was that we saw that these flexible plastics, you know, the grades three to seven, yeah. they were not recycled. I mean, I mean, there was a time where they were sent to to Asia. Uh, you had these, uh, you know, recycled um, plastics bells arri arriving there, being sent there. There was a market. There was, uh, and this has been stopped when China decided, you know, to stop the imports of uh, recycled materials. Then you end up having an issue with what is it you do uh, with your local market of recycled plastics, uh, and you have the issue of having those materials that are not recycled. So we 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 thought that would be a good time to seek um, actually a partnership with the recycling facilities and look at how we could work together, be potential purchasers of the of the plastics that they they recycle locally, and reintroduce those plastics into our packaging. And we onboarded also the the government, the federal government, who support us on on this front. Uh, we uh, managed to get uh, almost half a million dollar in uh, in government uh, subsidies to fund this project 
So uh, this is, to me, a great example, you know, of something which is business-driven, uh, which uh, serves uh, actually, uh, you know, uh, a very important objective uh, to reduce waste, to eliminate waste, to make sure that we recycle properly, and which is collaborate uh, about collaboration across the supply chain. Exactly, and this is another example of, I think, that's something we don't do very well. You know, you talk about the collaboration and uh, finding opportunities, and yet there are technologies in Canada, emerging technologies and companies who could recycle and reuse, and even to waste the energy with zero emissions, all seven different types of plastics and that information is not shared across mm -hmm. across the board and we need to companies like us we need to also get the word out scott yes no you're you're right yeah. absolutely Magali, yeah. I, um, I had a question for you um dave and i we work uh with c-level executives um in the u.s and north america and one of the uh from their lens many of them look at you know, sustainability is a cost center. And um, due to things like, um, you know, bans on single use plastics, um, regulations coming, there are a lot of things that are happening for, where people are fearful because they don't understand what the future holds. So from your view and your lens of what you work on, because Dave and I are trying to really bridge that gap between corporate legislation, what's going on in Europe, do you feel that a punitive model of banning items is more effective or should we incentivize corporations to change their complete manufacturing process with tax benefits, et cetera? Um, what is your view on that? Where do you lean more towards it, the, the banning part of it or the punitive or, or incentivizing or that's a, that, that's a great question. I'd say, you know, personally, I lean more on the on the incentives. Um, I lean more on, on, on trying to find a way to to uh, bridge the gap uh, between uh, and, and, and to make, you know, recycling material more uh, interesting from an economical perspective. Uh, so I, I, I definitely and, and probably because of my past, you know, I, I, I grew up in Europe. I, I spent 20 years of my life in the packaging sector in Europe. And I, I lived through that, actually. I remember, actually, back in the 90s, there was already uh, a credit that you would receive as a purchaser if you would take material which would uh, contain uh, recycled, um, recycled paper or recycled cardboard or recycled plastics. That was the early days of the PET plastics and definitely was already the case on, on, on the paper front. And uh, it, was, uh, it was a good incentive. It was definitely you know, something where purchasers would think about it and say, hey, you know, we have an opportunity there. So I'm definitely more you know, uh, an advocate of the of the of the subsidies and the, and the tax uh, credits and benefits you can uh, you can offer uh, I, I think that that uh, that would help us as well as all the you know the participation to uh, uh, sub subsidies you get into new uh, research and development and, and innovation uh, projects to create this circular economy yeah no absolutely there's a couple of things you know that you, you mentioned and we talked about over this podcast and i'm just looking at the time but just to move forward one of the things that i want to mention is that 
we have to be careful when we start talking about plastics that we throw, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater, just using an analogy. And what I mean by that is that plastics has allowed us to get to a level of quality of life through the medical system, the health system, and also to prevent the spread of disease. At the same time, plastic has got a bad name because of how it's used and how we dispose of it is our responsibility and accountability. In saying that, there's a whole new role. Even if we go back to the 60s, where you would return everything to the store, the corner store that you bought stuff, you know, for, and you get a deposit back. We can go back to, there's multiple models that was old and should be new again that has proven itself. We can go back to monetizing waste and bringing a value back to it right from design all the way through its life cycle. Right now, I don't see the people having a, putting waste as a cost center and it's a value. We need to start. Yeah, I agree. The, I, I agree, and I I'll finish by saying two things. You know, on on uh, on the uh, area of uh, of uh, plastics, uh, uh, we've seen during this COVID nineteen pandemic that people are increasingly anxious about health and safety, food safety. And, and plastics has definitely, again, you know, demonstrated the role it can play in protecting food, in protecting, uh, you know, uh, uh, products for consumers. So I definitely agree with you that there is uh, uh, lots of benefit in, in, in plastic packaging. The, the last point I would make is uh, about uh, recycling is that very recently, um, wanted to share the news with you. Uh, TC Transcontinental has decided to uh, create a new division for recycling. So we have decided to walk the talk with one further steps and we verticalize you know the recycling into our operations so we we acquired the assets of a company based in montreal uh, that uh, recycle flexible plastics uh, in quebec and um, we, we with that our intention is really you know to to take this first step towards uh, including uh, recycle content into our packaging material that would be awesome because uh, next time i'm in uh in Montreal, I have to make sure I contact you, come and take a visit if possible. You're welcome. You know, very I mean, welcome. These things. Hey, I don't get. I don't get an invitation to come out. No, you're foreigner. You're foreigner. <laughs> <laughs> well, both, both welcome. Thank you. Thank you know, well, thank the, you, Magali. Um, Dave, did you have any comments at the end you'd like to no, add? Uh, what, what I'd like to add is, Magali, th thank you very much for sharing your story with us and also shedding the light of the importance of how we use resources across the board and you know we don't need to victimize plastics or, or any other material for that matter I think both as both of you said through the podcast it's our responsibility to optimize the use of resources and take the responsibility to complete the cycle of those resources and with that I'd like to leave you guys uh, wait, is any parting thoughts from any one of you before we leave no, I just want to say thank you very much, Magali. It's an honor to work with you. We really like your vision, and we'd like to continue this relationship. So thank you very much for your valuable time during the COVID. Thank you very much uh, for having me. It was a pleasure to share with you, and looking forward to welcoming you in Montreal soon, whenever right, you great. can. We'll, uh, <laughs> thank you. I'll probably be out thank there in you. another month or so, right. but uh, I'll let you know. Thank you right, again. Thank you. Bye -bye. Thank you. Okay, thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye now. Thank you. Bye. No place to call home when you're lost in the city, city you've been living.
is the question, but there's no answer. 